0: Today then we begin uh, with the statement uh, of Imam al-Tahawi rahimahullah ta'ala. وَنُسَمِّي أَهْلَ قِبْلَتِنَا مُسْلِمِينَ مُؤْمِنِينَ مَا دَامُوا بِمَا جَاءَ بِهِ النَّبِي صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ مُعْتَرِفِينَ وَلَهُ بِكُلِّ مَا قَالَهُ وَأَخْبَرَ مُصَدِّقِينَ If you recall, we had just gone over the section regarding the pillars of Iman. We had been discussing those sections regarding the pillars of Iman. After discussing the pillars of Iman, Al-Imam Al tahawi goes on to say that we call the people of the Qibla Muslims, Mu'min, as long as they are in acknowledgement of what the Prophet ﷺ came with, and they believe and accept everything that he said and informed us of. Meaning we do not declare a Muslim to be out of the fold of Islam for a sin that he might commit. We don't declare Muslims to become non-Muslims because of sins that they might do. A Muslim, as long as he is upon the belief and acknowledgement of what the Prophet wasallam came with, he is upon Tawheed, believes in all of that which the Messenger came with, then we don't start declaring those people to be Kuffar. Because of sins they may have done, Ibn Abil mentions that the Prophet ﷺ said, "Man salla salatana, whomsoever prays our prayer, Praise how we pray, wa'istakbala qiblatana, and faces the qibla, our qibla that we face." And eats our slaughtering, the Islamic slaughtering that is done. al Muslim So that person is a Muslim, the one who prays, faces the Qibla, gives the example of eating the slaughtering, the halal meat, then that person is a Muslim. لَهُ For him is what is for us, we are the same. Muslim, Muslim. ويشير الشيخ رحمه الله بهذا الكلام إلى أن الإسلام والإيمان واحد، وأن المسلم لا يخرج من الإسلام بارتكاب الذنب ما لم يستحيله. ابن أبي العزيز says that at Imam al-Tahawi the point he's making here in this section of the book is that we don't declare Muslims to be kuffar because of sins they may commit. Why is that important? Because there are people out there who do exactly that. They declare Muslims to be kuffar because of sins they may have done. In particular, they use this against the rulers. They say this ruler or that ruler, he's done this sin or that sin, therefore he's a kafir. Al-Imam Al-Tahawi is telling you the aqeedah of al Sunnah, we don't just declare people kuffar for sins that they may have done. We spoke about this before, there has to be the issue of al-istihlal. Do they believe what they are doing is halal? Do they believe what they are doing is superior to the Sharia or equal to the Sharia? Do they have these types of beliefs? Then their situation changes. But if they don't, they know it's haram what they are doing, but they are sinning because of their weakness, then we're not going to start declaring people as kuffar because of sins they fall into. All of us fall into sins. bani Adam All of the sons of Adam make error. But the best of those who make error are the ones who repent. In the hadith Qudsi, Allah said, all of you make sins day and night. All of you make errors day and night. But I am the one who forgives all of the sins. So seek your forgiveness from me and I will forgive. So we don't begin declaring Muslims Muslims who are praying, Muslims who are upon the qibla, Muslims who eat the slaughtering, Muslims, we're not going to declare them as kuffar, upon sins that they do. As for shirk, that's another topic, they commit shirk, a person goes and prostrates to graves, etc., etc., then in those instances you go and establish the evidence and remove the preventative factors Give them the da'wah and they persist and persist and those types of things are clearly actions of shirk they're doing now. That is another scenario. But here talking about sins as a whole, a person commits sins, that in of itself isn't something to declare the person a kafir upon. The fact that he's committed a sin. All of us end up in sins. قَوْلُهُ وَلَا نَخُوضُ فِي اللَّهِ وَلَا نُمَارِ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ But we don't delve into idle speech. We don't get into all types of deep speech regarding Allah. We don't get into speech of matters that we don't have knowledge of. We've spoken about that before. We don't get into philosophy basically. We don't get into philosophical speech. We don't go into the way of the mutakallimun, those people of innovation, those people of desires, who begin speaking about the religion in affairs that they have no knowledge of. al-shaykh rahimahullah ila al عن كلام المتكلمين الباطل وذم علمهم. So we don't get involved with the speech of the philosophers neither do we get involved in talking uh, philosophically and learning about that philosophy and getting involved in that philosophy, that is not from our way to get involved in that type of speech, it is all assumptions and ideas and intellect that they have, that they make up all of this philosophy and all of this speech so we don't get involved in those types of affairs numari and similarly, we don't get involved in disputing and arguing and debating over the religion of Allah. الْإِسْلَامِ So we don't go and debate and get into arguments and disputes with the people of innovation, neither do we bring all of their doubts and start placing them upon the people of the truth, bringing the doubts of the people of innovation and the people of desires, but they say this and they say that, and what about this and what about that? Focus on learning your religion, focus on learning the correct of Ahl Sunnah, And as you learn that, as you go along, you start to realize and learn as branches of that, the ways of the people of innovation and the refutations of them. So it is not befitting for a person to go and research into the ways of the people of innovation and go and read upon their websites and upon their articles and listen to their talks. It is not suitable for anyone to do that. You will become confused by their doubts. You will have issues that you are not aware of. No answers to certain things. It is not the way of the Salaf to go and get involved in the ways of the people of innovation and listening to them. It is not the way of Ahlul Sunnah. Some of the Salaf, it's even mentioned, when the people of innovation used to be coming along on the street, some of the Salaf used to put their fingers in their ears and walk past them. So they don't listen to a single word from those people of innovation, even when just walking past them on the street. They will put their hands into their ears, fingers into their ears, to silence out their voice as they walk past them so they don't hear a single thing from them. So that is the way. قوله وَلَا نُجَادِلُ فِي الْقُرْآنِ And we don't get involved in disputing over the Qur'an. لَا نُجَادِلُ فِي الْقُرْآنِ يَحْتَمِلْ أَنَّهُ أَرَادْ أَنَّا لَا نَقُولُ فِيهِ كَمَا قَالَ أَهْلُ زَيُّ وَاخْتَلَفُوا وَجَادَلُوا بِالْبَاطِلِ لِيُدْحِظُوا بِهِ الْحَقِّ بَلْ نَقُولِ إِنَّهُ كَلَامُ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ نَزَلَ بِهِ الْرُوحِ الْأَمِينَ So we don't get involved in talking about the Qur'an in ways that will bring doubts upon us or getting involved in false speech regarding the Qur'an. Rather we say the Qur'an it is revealed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of all of creation, and the Ar-Ruhul Amin came down with it, Jibril alayhi salam, came down with that Qur'an, and it was given to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And also it could mean that we don't get involved in the different recitations that may confuse a person. Uh, we know that there are different recitations of the Qur'an, you may have heard some of them like Maliki Yawm al-Din and some may say Maliki Yawm din in some recitations, things like that. For those recitations, they are valid. But the scholars do say you should not recite with those types of recitations amongst the people who don't know them. Because it will only confuse those people and it will lead them to think that you are making mistakes in the Quran, etc. So you should stick to the recitation that is known by the people. And you shouldn't try and come and read in other recitations that you know, knowing that the community and the society don't know them. Then don't confuse them with those recitations. Read with the one that they know. Teach them to read that properly at least, and have decent recitation in that at least. You don't need to go beyond that. Then he says, فَعِلْمُهُ (سيئة) Sayyid al-Mursalin Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. fa'allamahu, Sayyid al-Mursalin Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Jibreel alayhi wa sallam came and taught that Quran to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wahu wa kalamullahi ta'ala, la yusawihi shayyum min kalamil makhluqeen, wala naqulu bi khalqihi, wala nukhalifu jama'at al-Muslimin. So the Qur'an, it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the speech of Allah as we've already mentioned previously. And there is nothing from the speech of creation that can equal the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing from the speech of creation can equal the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the speech of truth. That is the revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is what Jibreel alayhi salam heard directly from Allah. Allah spoke that Qur'an and Jibreel heard it directly from Allah. No falsehood comes upon it, neither from before it, nor behind it, nor from the sides or above or below. No falsehood comes upon the Qur'an. It is the absolute truth from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is the Qur'an that has come from Allah, the speech of Allah, which Jibreel taught the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam over a period of 23 years. And the Prophet taught that to his companions. And then it was taught to their students until finally we have that same Qur'an. And people have memorized it one after the next. And people have it memorized in their hearts. That is the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preserved. Walla na kulu bihalqdi. Walla nohali fa Jamahat al Muslimeen. Tembi ala anna maqala bi Halk al Quran Fakadhala Fajamah al And this point Al Imam al Tahawi making it again, even though he made it earlier on, we do not say that the Quran is created. We don't go against the Muslims, meaning Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, and begin to say that the Qur'an is created. The Qur'an is not created. Then he goes back to the main point he was making just earlier. وَلَا نُكَفِّرُ أَحَدًا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْقِبْلَةِ بِذَنْبٍ مَا لَمْ لَا That we do not make takfir upon someone from the people of the Qibla because of a sin. Just like we said earlier. Somebody who's a Muslim, he's from the people of the Qibla, meaning he's a Muslim, he prays to the Qibla, everything, upon tawheed. Then we're not going to declare Muslims like that to be kuffar because of a sin that he does. As long as he does not declare it to be halal, as long as he does not declare that to be halal, and consider it as halal, and reject the rulings of Allah upon it. And we do not say, وَلَا نَقُولْ لَا يَظُرْ مَعِ الْإِيمَانِ Neither do we say, that iman cannot be harmed by someone who does a sin. That obviously is in reference to the fact that when a Muslim does sins, what does that do to your Iman? Then your Iman is harmed by sins. He says there, we're not going to start saying your Iman isn't harmed by sins. Your Iman is harmed by sins. Why does he say that there? Because these are the two opposites. You have one group of people, the Hawarij, who declare Muslims to be kufar because of sins that they do. On the other extreme, you have the murji'ah who say whatever sins you do, it doesn't impact upon your iman. That is obviously false extremism. And the khawarijah, obviously false extremism. They say you commit a sin, kafir. This lot say commit whatever sins, doesn't matter, your iman, strong, believer, mu'min. Both are wrong. If you commit a sin, you don't become a kafir. But at the same time, we're not going to say your iman remains strong and powerful. When you commit sins, your iman is impacted and it decreases. But not to the level where it disappears and you become a kafir. So it is impacted. Refutation upon the murja who say it's not impacted. But not to the level we say it's gone and you're a kafir. Refutation of the khawarij. Because remember the khawarij, they say that iman is like one entity. They say iman is one entity. So you have one entity. If a sin is committed, then obviously it means your iman has to decrease. So now let's say the water in the bottle here is your Iman. For the Hawaris, they say, okay, your Iman is this one entity. You've committed a sin, your Iman has to go down. But you can't get it out. It's all one thing. Solid, locked, sealed up at the top. You can't open it. So now how are they going to get some of this water out? How is some of your Iman going to come out when they can't remove a part of the water? They say, in that case, all we can do is... we going to have to get rid of the whole thing then. We can't get it out. So in that case, the whole thing has to go. We've got to take something away. They say, you've committed a sin. We can't just leave your Iman as it is. Your Iman is supposed to be impacted by sins. But because they don't believe you can take some of the Iman away because of that sin you've committed, they believe it's one solid entity, can't be broken up, opened up, taken out then what you're going to do? You can't just leave it all, you committed a sin. It's impacted your iman. But we can't take some of it away, we're going to have to do something, the only thing then is, you're going to just have to take the whole thing away then. And if you take the whole thing away, the person's become a kafir. But Ahl Sunnah, we say and we know that iman, it can be taken away in bits. It goes away in bits. You commit a sin, and a section of that iman goes away because of the sin. You commit another sin, more of the iman disappears. You commit another sin, more of the iman disappears. You commit sins upon sins upon sins, and your iman may start going down and down and down. (coughs) But we're not going to say you commit a sin, and that's it, the whole of your iman just disappears in one go. That is the khawarij. Khawarij, the whole of your iman disappears like that. Ahlu sunnah, no. You commit sins, yes, your iman starts going down and down and down and down the more you commit. In parts. The murji'ah, on the other hand, they say you commit a sin, you do wrong. Before you committed the sin, that was your iman. After you commit the sin, your iman doesn't go anywhere. Your iman is there. Commit the sins. That's obviously the complete opposite of the Khawarij. Khawarij, you commit a sin, nothing left. Murja, you commit a sin, don't touch it. Your iman is your iman, solid. So obviously both are wrong. Ahlu sunnah, you have your iman. You commit sins, a bit of that iman will go now. You commit more sins, more of the iman will go now. You do obedience and righteousness. The iman will start going back up again. Iman increases, iman Decreases, iman increases and iman decreases Iman isn't just one fixed level, that's it Some of the murjiah, some of the people of innovation That's what they believe That your iman is one fixed level All of our iman is one fixed level So my iman, your iman is exactly the same fixed level of iman that Abu Bakr had MashaAllah how much Iman you and I have got right now, the same fixed entity, that's what everybody has. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq had the same Iman as what we have. Radhiallahu anhu. Jibreel alayhi salam, his Iman is the same as what we have. They believe everyone has one set level of Iman. Incorrect. Iman of people is all going to be different levels. Some people have strong Iman. Some will be barely a quarter of that. Some may half of that. Everybody has different levels of iman. And everybody's iman can go up and it can go down. The more righteousness you do, the more obedience you do, the more worship you do, the more knowledge you seek. All of that helps in increasing your iman. And that's clear. A person starts focusing on the Quran reading regularly make sure he's praying regularly five times a day, comes to classes, reads books, reads about hadith, does all of these things, you will experience yourself in a better state of iman. When you stop, you abandon the Quran, no more reading of the Quran, nothing, never come back to it. You don't read hadith, you don't come to classes, nothing about Islam, you've become weak. You feel you've become weak. You feel your iman is weak. Clear, that's clear for everyone. In Ramadan, a best example, Ramadan comes and everybody starts focusing more on their worship and religion and prayer and mosque. You feel yourself stronger in your Iman. You feel yourself more practicing and more righteous and more pious and you feel yourself better. You feel yourself better. Your Iman becomes stronger. You're going to the mosque more. You're you're reading the Quran every day. You're doing all of these things. Your Iman becomes stronger. That's why the Muslims, they feel their Iman stronger in Ramadan. Because they're focusing that month. And that's not really what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to keep that focus in Ramadan for the rest of the year too. But this is how it happens. So you see that in Ramadan and those types of the times of the year where your Iman is strong. Maybe somebody goes to Hajj. You go to hajj and you do everything and you'll feel a strength of your iman. But then a person abandons the mosque, abandons the classes, never picks up the Quran, out on the street with his friends all the time, what are you going to feel? You're going to feel in of yourself, you're a sinner, you're a wrongdoer, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You feel your iman weak. Iman goes up, iman goes down. Iman strengthens, iman weakens. So that is the point that Al-Imam Al-Tahawi is revolving around here. That Iman is something I mean there's three main points to remember with Iman. When it comes to this topic of Iman there are three main points to remember. Point number one is that actions the actions that you do Your worship is a part of your Iman. Iman is belief in the heart, statements of the tongue, and actions of the limbs. That's point number one. These are the three basic summarized overall principles about Iman. Number one, that it is belief in the heart, statements of the tongue, actions of the limbs. Your actions are included within your iman. That is point number one. What is a proof for that before we move on to point number two and three? That your actions and your worship are a part of your iman. That can be used as an evidence Hadith When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Mentioned Al-Iman Bid'atun wa sitoona or O bid'atun wa 60 odd or 70 odd levels A'laaha qawlu la ilaha illallah The highest level of Iman Is your statement La ilaha illallah Highest level of Iman The tawhid. Then it mentions, The lowest level of it is removing something harmful from the pathway. min al iman And shyness is a branch of iman also. So removing something harmful from the pathway, you're driving along, you see something in the middle of the road, you stop your car, you get it out of the road and you carry on. That action of yours, you've done that to help protect other people from getting harmed other people coming along and driving into it, other people crashing, you've got out, you've removed that harm from out of the pathway. That act of yours is an act within your iman, that you have done that to remove the harm from others. So that is an action, physical. Physical action, you remove something out of the way, and that is considered part of your iman. So physical actions are part of your iman. Another example of proof? Prayer is a of movement. Absolutely And what's the evidence though Your prayer Is a part of your iman And prayer is obviously Physical But what's the proof that prayer is a part of iman Better example in the Quran that proves prayer is part of your Iman. When the people used to pray to Mushta Al Aqsa, the ayah, the evidence? It's in Surah Al Baqarah, In English, even? Uh, in Surah Al Baqarah, that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala would not put your Iman to waste. It wouldn't be lost. It wouldn't just go to waste. Which Iman? It's talking about previously, before the direction for the prayer was towards the Kaaba. Before that, where did the Muslims used to face to pray? Bait al-Maqdis, Jerusalem. They used to face that direction. Then the new revelation came changed to the direction of the Kaaba in Mecca. So initially, they used to face towards Palestine. They used to face towards that direction, Beit al-Maqdis. Then the revelation came and changed it. But when the revelation came and changed it towards the Kaaba in Mecca, some of the Muslims, the early Muslims, had died, already died. So the other Muslims came to the Prophet and they said, what about our brothers? They never got a chance to pray to this new Qibla. All their lives, they only prayed towards mock this and they died So are their prayers going to be accepted now Or not What's going to happen to their prayers They were the old prayers in the old direction And they died They never got a chance to pray in the new direction So will their old prayers in that direction Will they count now They've died So then Allah revealed this ayah That your iman will not go to waste Your iman Will not go to waste What iman The Prayers that they used to pray to the old direction. The prayer was called Iman. Iman. Your Iman will not be lost. Meaning your prayers will not be lost. They'll get their reward for that. For the old direction they used to pray. Not their fault. They died before the new revelation came. But the point here is in the Quran Allah referred or referenced their action of the prayers as the word iman indicating that your prayers are a part of iman your physical actions and your worship your prayers are a part of iman another example proving that your actions are from iman there's another hadith inna afqala shay'in fil mizan al khuluq that the heaviest thing in the weighing scale will be the good manners. Good mannerisms, there is always some physical element to that, holding a door open or whatever, from the good mannerisms and your good behaviors, that's physical things involved. And it mentions that will be one of the heaviest thing on your weighing scale on the Day of Judgment. وَإِنَّ al الْمُؤْمِنِينَ imanan, ahsanuhum the best of you in your iman or the perfect in iman, the best of you in your behaviors and your actions. Again, proving that they are part of your iman. In another hadith, التهور al-iman. That purification is half of your iman. Purification when you make wudu, when you make ghusl, is that physical actions or not? Physical actions, the hadith says, That's half of your iman, the purification of a Muslim. Purification is physical actions. So all of these evidences indicate physical actions, your obedience, your worship is a part of iman. Some of the people of innovation, they don't understand that. They say, no, your actions are nothing to do with your iman. How can that be? How can it be when Allah calls the prayer iman? How can it be When removing something out of the road is called Iman, and that's a physical act, you know, it's going to look at it and it moves. You have to pick it up and move it, physical acts. So physical actions are a part of Iman. Not like the people of innovation say, that physical actions are not a part of Iman, they are something separate. Iman is only belief and statements, actions are a separate thing. No, Belief, statements, and actions within iman. Actions within iman. This is one issue that some scholars mentioned that Imam Abu Hanifa possibly may have uh, explained in a slightly different way to how Ahlul Sunnah would explain it. That he may have said, as some of the fuqaha said, that iman is statements and belief. Actions are not a part of iman, but they are obligatory. Actions are not a part of iman, but they are obligatory. So you do have to pray. You do have to give. Zak- you do have to do hajj. You have to do all of your actions. You have to do all of your worship. You have to do it, but it's not a part of iman. Ahl Sunnah, we say no, you have to do it and it is a part of Iman. In the end, is there really a big difference? Because both Ahl Sunnah and these fuqaha are saying actions must be done. Ahl Sunnah are saying it's part of Iman, they're saying it's not a part of Iman but you have to do them. So is there really a big deal? There is. Absolutely, there is. Absolutely, there is a big deal. This isn't just the اختلاف in the alfaz. It isn't just a difference in the wordings and how you phrase things. Actions are a part of iman because they are evidenced by the Quran and the sunnah. Evidenced that your actions are a part of your iman. So we can't just change the terminology and say, okay, actions, you have to do them. No one's denying that. But we're just not going to say it's a part of iman. Wrong. The Quran and the sunnah tells you that they are a part of iman. So you cannot make this other terminology and say there's no big deal, we're all saying you've got to do your actions. Yes we are, but we're also going to stick to exactly what the Qur'an and the Sunnah tells us. We're going to stick to the definitions and the terminology and how it's explained in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And in the Qur'an and the Sunnah in those examples we've just seen now all of them are proofs that actions are from Iman. Not a separate thing you have to do, they are from Iman. So, that is point number one, that actions are from Iman. Point number two, that Iman increases and decreases. As we said there, point number two, to make a note of from the principles of Ahl-Sunnah regarding Iman. Point number two, Iman increases and Iman decreases. Evidences for that? (coughs) Allah loves the uh, strong believers. Allah loves the strong believers, but proof that iman increases and decreases. Is when, when you hear the Quran, your heart trembles? Mhm. So where is that? Quickly <coughs> start cheating. <laughs> getting there almost. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Does the statement of Imam Malik as well? you can take his statements, you can reject his statements. Give us Quran, give us Sunnah, that Iman increases and decreases. That's this you know. This weekend in particular, I've been on a roll. This weekend, everywhere where the classes have been going on, everybody's been getting homework. So now this week, you got a homework. Homework is gonna be find the evidences that Iman increases and decreases. Too late. <laughs> entry lines entry lines are closed for tonight. So now the homework for everybody. Everybody try. There's loads, lots of evidences, so many ayat, so many hadith proving that iman increases and decreases. So everybody's homework this week, try and find the evidences, let's see how many people find it, which ones you find that Iman increases and decreases. The Iman increases ones are really easy to find. Iman decreases are more difficult. So we'll see who manages to find the Iman decreases ones as well. Iman increases everywhere in the Quran, everywhere in the Sunnah. But how many will be able to find some evidences clearly from the Quran and the Sunnah that Iman decreases too? That's the full homework for this week. So everybody try and do it. Everybody... Try, look into the books, do some research. This is how you learn your religion. This is how you study. This is how you learn. If you do this research now, and you do the homework, then inshallah, that answer, that question, you'll never forget it for the rest of your life. You go this week and you research and you study and you find those evidences, you'll remember them for a long time. If I just give it to you now, and we just say this ayah, that ayah, this hadith, that hadith, by two weeks or three weeks or one month later, if I ask you, nobody will remember. So now your homework is that, for this week, find the evidences that iman increases and iman decreases. You have to have ayat of the Qur'an or hadith from the sunnah. And then after that, statements of the salaf. Statements of the salaf you can include, but you must have ayat and hadith as well. Any questions up to there then? Any questions so far? Just regarding the people of the Kibra that you mentioned in the beginning. No, people of the Qibla, meaning the people of Tawheed, the Muslim Ummah. The people of Tawheed who face the Qibla, they pray to the Qibla, the people of Tawheed as a whole, people of Iman as a whole, then you can't declare them Kuffar because of sins they do. The Ahlul Qibla is referring to the Muslim Ummah as a whole. The people who turn to the Qibla, the Muslims who turn to the Qibla, the people of Tawheed. Those people, if they commit a sin, you don't declare a Muslim to be a Kafir, because of a sin is done. And we did that in a bit more detail in nawaqid al-Islam before. That, we will do it more next time as well. There's the issue of, uh, they call it the Murjiatul al-Fuqaha. Murjiatul al-Fuqaha, it was a a widespread type of uh, opinion among some of of the uh, Fuqaha, as they say, scholars of fiqh, where they had this type of opinion, which is, it's, not as bad as the other people of innovation. In fact, it's, the, it's the, the second best. It's the best you can get. It's the best of the worst. It's the closest to the truth, but not quite. When they say that, okay. Belief, statements, iman. Actions, you have to do them. Obligatory. But we're not going to say they are termed and defined as iman. ahl sunnah statements, belief, Actions, obligatory, you must do them. And they are a part of Iman. So some people, they come along and they say, well, okay, there's no difference in the ending. Both parties are saying belief, statements, and you must do actions. That's the point of it. You got to do your actions. You got to do your worship. Both are saying it. One is just saying it's a part of Iman. One is saying it's not. But both are saying you got to go do your worship. So some people come along and say, it's only a difference in wording and terminology. But it isn't. This is the terminology and wording of the Qur'an that you have to follow. But that was an opinion that was uh, widespread among some of them known as the murji'atul fuqaha, where they believe that actions are exempt from iman. But maybe we'll do more, we're only at the beginning, we haven't even done the third principle yet. Remember we said there are three main principles of Ahlul Sunnah. First one was, today we did it. Remember this, three main principles of Ahlul Sunnah when it comes to Iman. The first one was that, what we've just been talking about, actions are a part of Iman. The second one was that Iman increases and decreases, and that's where your homework is. The third one we'll do next week after the homework and everything, is that everybody's Iman is, like we said before, not the same, different levels. Everybody has different levels of Iman. Nobody's Iman is, or not everybody's Iman is equal one block. Everybody has different levels of Iman. That we'll discuss next week. And there's a hadith of the Prophet when he had a dream and he saw Umar ibn Khattab. But we'll talk about that next week. Anything else then? Murji'ah basically, yeah, that we'll discuss more as well next time. Murji'ah basically, they say your actions are not a part of your iman. Some of them, we'll do all the full categories next week. Some of them say iman is basically a ma'rifah. The most extreme of them, the jahmiyyah, etc., they say iman is ma'rifah, knowing Allah. You know, you recognize, you acknowledge your Lord, you are a mu'min. In that case, shaitan is a mu'min. He recognizes, knows, acknowledges Allah. He knows. Shaitan would be a mu'min in that case. Fir'aun would be a mu'min in that case. He knows Allah, recognizes Allah. Some of them go to that level. It is just belief, just recognition in your heart. Some of them say it's recognition in your heart and statement upon the tongue. That's Iman. Just recognition and statement. Nothing to do with actions. In that case, the munafiqun at the time of the Prophet are all believers. They used to uh, claim that they have the iman in their hearts and they used to say it upon their tongues. Even if you don't follow that definition, there is another definition of the Kullabiyyah where they say it is just statements of the tongue. That one definitely the munafiqoon. Because they just used to say it upon their tongues, they never believed it in their hearts at all. That one in fact more appropriate, that is the one suitable for the munafiqoon as an example. Just statements. Munafiqoon used to make just statements. So we'll discuss uh, uh, those details about Iman next week in uh, in more uh, uh, specific topics. So we'll leave it on that for tonight then. InshaAllah ta'ala next week uh, we'll resume.